Thou art worthy, God. Thou art worthy, God. Thou art worthy, God. Hallelujah. You're worthy, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah, Jesus. I love you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. What a mighty God we are serving. Amen. You may be seated tonight. Get your Bibles out. Amen. Your lessons. Amen. Amen. We want to get right into our lesson tonight. Amen. Overcoming laziness. Amen. This should not be in any born-again believer's portfolio. Amen. Nothing. Amen. And slothfulness, nothing in slumberness, nothing in laziness should be in the child of God's portfolio. You can be in church and still be lazy. Amen. And, and, and you may not even think so. You know, you should be moving and pressing towards the mark for the prize. Of the high calling of God and Christ Jesus. You should be looking for that day when you hear him say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. The writer of Hebrews 6.12 tells us that you be not slothful, but be followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promise. Inherit the promises. Amen. Now, we know that God has many precious promises for the child of God. And you have to be diligent. The Bible speaks a lot about being diligent. It speaks a lot about moving forth. It speaks a lot about moving on to perfection. Amen. We've got to be complete in Christ. Nothing, as Paul says in Romans 8, should be able to separate you from the love of Jesus Christ. Jesus has told you that offenses would come. There will be things that's going to come to try to derail you, to try to stop you, amen, try to lure you to sleep, (laughs) to make you lazy, to make you slumber, to make you feel that you are not good enough to accomplish what God is asking of you to do. And if you're not careful, you can fall into the snares and the tricks of the enemy of your soul and find yourself being lured to sleep. And as a result, becoming lazy, tired, wore out, and no good for the kingdom of God. But you must wake up. Now is not the time to sleep. Paul says it is the acceptable time that we wake out of sleep. Amen. For our salvation is nearer than when we first believe. We've got to labor. It's time to work for the kingdom of God. If there's ever been a time... For the child of God to be diligent and working, it is today. You do not have time to waste your time. Amen. Last week, we were talking about motivation, self-motivation, motivating yourself. And that's what it's all about as a child of God. You know, when we become saved, we move on, amen, in the things of God. We don't look back. We don't turn around. You came out of the world because you saw in the Word of God and through Bible studies and people were teaching you and showing you uh, that God had a better way and God had a better plan. And you chose to, to go this way. As Phillips Craig's and Dean says, nobody is holding a gun to your head to make you do that. Nobody made you repent of your sins. Nobody made you uh, say, I want to live for God. Nobody made you uh, get baptized in Jesus' name. You made that choice on your own. You says, I want to serve God. I want to be diligent. I want to live with Him forever and ever. Now you've got that. You made that vow to God, and so now you've got to press. You've got to move forward. Amen. Don't focus on the enemy. You already defeated him. He's defeated. He's a defeated foe. You don't have to focus on him. You need to focus on where you are going. You need to motivate yourself to move forward. Amen. You prepare yourself. God has given you the armor to put on. He's given you everything you need in his word to be successful. This is why you have to learn to be a doer of God's word and not a hearer only. Amen. He's told you everything that's going to come against you in his word. Amen. So you have to prepare yourself. You have to be ready. Amen. For the things 
But if you sleep, if you get lazy, then the enemy is going to take you out every time. Amen. And you find yourself losing ground. You find yourself being worn out. Amen. Because you're not doing the things to get yourself strong in the Lord. Amen. He gives strength to me as I worship him. As my heart is filled with praise, Jesus breaks the bands when I raise my hand. Amen. Isaiah tells us that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Amen. God gives you power. He says, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing by any means shall harm you. He's giving you the things you need to be successful. You've got to learn how to use it. Amen. You don't have to wear James says and that you believe there's one God. He says the devil also believes and he trembles. Amen. So if you are true, Holy Ghost filled, baptized in Jesus' name believer, the enemy is afraid of you. So if you're wasting all your time on him, concerned about him, then you might need to check who you are in Christ. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen. You should be moving forth every day. You should wake up with a praise on your lips. You should wake up ready to run the race. You're going to a better place. Amen. Victory is ours, as the song says. I told Satan, get thee behind me, because victory today is mine. Amen. So when I wake up in the morning, I just give God praise and move out and draw fire. Amen. Is, is what I do. Amen. I'm, I'm, I'm moving forward. I'm, I'm headed to that place. My mind is stayed and my, the Psalms just said my mind is fixed. It stayed on Christ. I don't have time to talk about the devil, how, what the devil is doing and what everything else. He lose. Amen. I'm talking about Jesus. You want to have a conversation with me? Don't talk to me about the devil. He's already defeated. I'm not worried about him. I'm talking about Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Amen. I want to tell you what Jesus did. As the song said, let me tell you who Jesus is. As Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill, he says, I perceive you're too superstitious. Amen. He says, I'm going to tell you about Jesus. I'm going to tell you about the one that you don't know. And that should be our attitude today in this world. We should be ready to tell somebody about Jesus every day. Amen. To free them from the snares of the enemy of our soul. So I have to motivate myself. Amen. It would have been easy for David to sit there and cry and complain and murmur and bicker. Amen. When everybody was talking about stoning him. But the Bible says he encouraged himself in the Lord. And that's what you've got to do in the way that the world is going and the way the world is coming. Is you have to encourage yourself in the Lord. Amen. So, you have to motivate yourself. Amen. Get up, sing your song. I think this, uh, Paul says to the church in both Colossus and the Ephesus, he says, sing to yourselves psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make melody in your heart unto the Lord. Amen. There's something about singing a song. You know, there's something about getting in those old hymnals that we just sung two of there. Amen. Who is this who come with sorrow for the halt, the blind, the lame, saying softly to the sinner? Come on, follow me. It's Jesus. Sad ones, weep no more. He's healed the broken heart. He's opened wide the prison door. He brought you out. He's already delivered. If he did it once, he'll do it again. Just take a look where you are now and where you've been. Did he not always come through? It is the same now as then. You may not know how, you may not know when, but he'll do it again. Amen. Fret not, little flock. It's your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Amen. So we have to motivate ourselves. <clears throat> Amen. Every day. Amen. And I, I like to motivate myself. I just like to get up and sing a song, pray, have a good talk with Jesus because he makes it all right. Amen. I can get through today. I don't care what comes my way. Amen. So we have to motivate ourselves. Have a vision of what you want to be. What do you want to be when you grow up? <laughs> you know, where are you trying to get to? You know, have a vision of what you want to be. You know, do you plan on dancing on the streets of gold? Well, you better, you better start trying to get there. 
you know, you got to prepare yourself to get there if you plan, if that's your vision. I plan on getting there. You know, every day, as my pastor told me, you live like Jesus is coming right now, and you plan like he ain't coming for 100 years. So I'm, I'm ready. If he come right now, I'm ready to go. Amen. That's why I keep myself motivated. Amen. And that's what you got to do. You got to have a vision. Where there's no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, notice, happy is he. Because the law of the Lord is perfect. Convert the soul. The testimonies of the Lord are sure, making wise the simple. The psalmist says, Lord, open to me my eyes that I might behold the wonders out of thy law. Amen. They that keep the law is happy. In other words, you keep the word of God, you're going to have happiness. You'll, have, you'll be motivated. Amen. What's your favorite scripture? You know you should have a favorite scripture that no matter what goes on, no matter how bad it gets, you should be able to quote that scripture and motivate yourself and get right back up. I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. Amen. Think about that. You can get up anytime you want. You can either lay on a lie you can stand on the truth. Amen. So you have the motive. Where, where, what do you want to be when you grow up? You know? You want to have angel's wings? <laughs> you want to fly like Superman, flapping your wings? You know? I want to be with him. I'm not doing this for the fun of it, even though I'm having fun. You know? And serving God is fun. Know that we win. You know, score can be a thousand and nothing. We still gonna win in the end. <laughs> Think about it. <laughs> you know, we read the back of the book. John says, "Who is this that's overcoming the world?" And this is the victory, overcoming the world. What is it? Faith. Amen. But then he tells James, tell you what, if you don't have works with your faith, it's dead. See, if I say I believe in Jesus and don't have any proof, then I'm dead. See, my obedience to the word of God makes works when I do what the word of God tells me to do. This is why Paul, I mean, Saul, Samuel told Saul, to obey is better than sacrifice. When you obey the word of God, what are you doing? You're doing what God is asking you to do. That's all you're doing. And as a result, your works is showing forth your faith that you are being what God says to do. Amen. That's all it's all about. Amen. You motivate yourself to be a doer of the word of God. Whatever God's word tells you to do, you do it. Jesus says, by this shall all men know you are my disciple if you have love one to another. If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. If the Son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. A lot of people is bound and bond because they won't do what the word of God says. You cannot expect to have peace and tranquility and righteousness in your life if you don't do what the Word of God says. I don't care how many times you walk through these doors. If you don't do what that book tells you to do, you're not going to have peace. You're going to have turmoil. You're opening yourself up for the enemy to just come in and wreak havoc because he knows what's there. Jesus overcame him by the Word of God. And the book of Revelation say they overcome him by the word of their testimony and the blood of the Lamb. Amen. You have got to be a doer of God's word if you want peace and tranquility in your life. So many Christians today, their lives are all messed up for no reason. And it's all because they won't do what the word of God says. You cannot expect God to bless you and do right for you, if you ain't going to do what he's telling you. What father is going to give you what you what's yours if you don't do what he tells you? He's going to spank you. See? So if your life is in a confused mess, or if it feels like it's all turned upside down, you need to ask yourself, am I being a doer of God's word? You know? This is what the word is for. 
You shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. It'll free you from that stuff. It'll free you from all the turmoil and all the concerns and the fears and stuff. You know, if you were to take a poll right now, I bet you 95% of the people that say they're Christians are afraid to die. Because they don't expect that they're going to make it. Because they ain't living right. They know what's right. They know what's in the book, but yet they choose to not live it. Why? Because of laziness. That's what it boils down to. When you don't do what the Word of God says, it's because you're lazy. You're choosing not to obey God. And that's a sign of disobedience. And disobedience pretty soon produces our feeling, and then enemy just starts telling you, "Well, you can't accomplish it. You can't do it. You might as well quit and come on back to me." See, so set a vision, purpose in your heart. I'm going to make it. I'm going to live right. I'm, and watch and see, don't God open the windows of heaven and pull you out of Malachi three eight is more than just tithes and offerings. You know, we focus there a lot of times when we're teaching on tithes and offerings. But it's more about obedience to God's Word. That's what the whole passage is about. You know, that's what the whole passage in Malachi is all about. Is, is doing obedience to God's Word. That's what it's all about. Doing what is right. Amen. So set yourself a vision. Amen. What do you want to be? What do you want to become? You know, I don't want to to miss the mark. Amen. As the psalm says, Jesus says, what does it profit to gain the whole world and lose your soul? Think about it. Don't procrastinate. Think about it. Don't be a procrastinator. You know the old saying, don't put off for tomorrow what you can do today. Well, I'll read my Bible through next year, Pastor. Really? James says, you don't say, you know, we're going to do this and do that. He said, you don't know what tomorrow's going to hold. You know, he said, what you should say, if the Lord will, we'll do this or that. You know, but right now you don't know. You don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen when I walk out these doors. You know? Those people in 9-11 got up and went to work to the World Trade Center. They didn't know those planes was going to slam into that World Trade Center and take them out. Those sailors on the USS Cole, when it pulled into port, it, they, didn't, they didn't think there was going to be a missile from an Iraq jet slam into that, you know, into that, into that ship. You know, those men that got off work in Pearl Harbor in December 1941, they didn't think the Japanese was going to attack Pearl Harbor. That's a long ways away. You know, they weren't expecting that. None of us know. Amen. So we should not procrastinate. I need to be doing everything I can to prepare myself for the coming of the Lord. Amen. You you know the story in the Bible when the, when the, when the master came and had the guy to give an account. What did he do? He had wasted, messed around, and he run trying to get everything squared away at the last minute. Think about the ten virgins. How many times you heard that story? You know, you ever notice in there what it said the old ten of them did? They all ten slumber and slept. Not just the five foolish, the wise even slumber and slept. The only difference is the wise have some oil. You know? And when the foolish went back to get theirs, the master came. And now when they try to get back in, he says, Sorry, I don't even know you. Hey, what are these stories in the Bible for? Preparation. To teach us to be prepared. Because we don't know the minute or the hour. Jesus says, Not even angels in heaven. No, maybe maybe he's afraid they're going to leak. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> you know, maybe there's going to be a leak or something. I don't know. People, <laughs> you know, but think about it. We don't know when he's coming. You know, so be ready. See, and so this is why we can't procrastinate. We don't waste time. Paul says, redeem the time. Why? Because the days are evil. Amen. And Jesus has already told us, when you see these things coming upon the earth that we're seeing right now, he says, look up, because your redemption is drawing nigh. So you have to ask yourself, am I ready? Am I ready? If Jesus came right now, am I ready? Has my heart prepared? When I says, the Bible says, everybody's got to give an account. So when I say, amen. So I don't want to procrastinate. I want to be in the Word of God just to hear. Amen. If I believe in God, I don't want to be lazy about it. Amen. The more you study the Word of God, if I have not seen and ear have not heard the things that God has prepared for me, I want to know. So the only way I'm going to get find out is I've got to search. I've got to look. And I don't know about you, but I'm always giving revel, new revelation when I'm studying the Word of God, when I'm, when I'm uncovering things, when I meditate. You know, that's why Psalms 1 says, Blessed is the man or the woman that walk not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the ways of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in the law that we meditate day and night, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, will bring forth fruit in his season, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. See, there's so much wonderful stuff in there. Amen. It's just... So much beauty and so much good to motivate you, to make you be happy, to know that you're just, you know, it's kind of like, you know, somebody give you, when I was a kid, my mom would cook a cake and, you know, the cake would be in the oven, but she would let me put my finger in the batter, you know, and that batter was so good. And it wasn't even done. It was raw. (laughs) But what the ingredients in there, it just tastes so good. And so what now what? You're anticipating the cake because you know it's going to be good as well. And that's what we've got to do is if we we got to motivate ourselves and not procrastinate and realize when I search this and I as the assumption says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen. If you just get a taste of this thing and just keep getting more and more and more wisdom. And as the song says, deeper, deeper in the love of Jesus daily, let me go higher, wiser in the school of wisdom, more of him to know. Amen. I want to know him, Paul says, in the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his suffering that could be conformable into his death. I want to be in his image. I want to be in his likeness. Amen. And so if I get in the word of God and begin to find those good things, amen, I'm going to want more. And all he's doing is taking me to him. The law, Paul says, was our schoolmaster. For what purpose? To bring us to Christ. That's why you need to study it. Because all he's doing is the word of God is just bringing you to Jesus. Amen. He's bringing you to the source of life. Amen. If he come to give me life and that more abundantly, I'm supposed to have it here and I'm going to have it even more there. Amen. That's why this thing is so good. Don't procrastinate in what God is doing. Amen. You can be joy unspeakable and full of glory and the half has not been told. Think about it. Who is this who come for healing with the heart of blind and lame? So come on, follow me. Jesus just walked by the seashores and he told the disciples, follow me. And I'll make you fishers of men. Amen. Don't procrastinate. Amen. For purpose in your heart, I'm not going to waste my time. I'm going to serve God every day. Amen. Until I die. Amen. Notice in Proverbs 24, verse 30. 34. Notice what Solomon says here. He says, I went by the field. He's trying to give us an example here. Now picture in your mind as you read this, okay? 
and think about what is going on here. He says, I went by the field of the slothful and by the vineyard of the man void of understanding. And it was what? Huh? And lo, it was all grown over with thorns and needles had covered the face thereof and the stone wall was broken down. And he says, and then I looked and, you know, I saw, and I considered it well. I looked upon it and notice what he said. I got some instructions here. He says, I got some instructions. Instructions. He says, yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. So shall thy poverty come as one that traveleth, and thy want as an armed man. Notice, I went by the field, in the vineyard, of the man void of understanding. And he says it was all grown over with thorns and needles. The wall is broken down. He says, and I looked at that, and I got some instructions. What he's trying to get us to see here is you should be able to look at things and gain knowledge. You should be able to look at circumstances as a born-again believer and get some instructions. Say, wait a minute. I don't want to do that because that's wrong. And if I follow that path... It can destroy me. See? So what he's trying to give us a picture of this, the needles and the thorns that you see. You remember what Jesus says, a sore went to sow seed, and some of it fell among the thorns. And what happened? It choked the word right out of you. Say, cares of life choke the word right out of them. This is really a picture of life when you look at it. He's trying to let you see that that wall represents life. And when it's broken down and it's all cluttered and not being taken care of, he says, things just get choked. You offend people because that's what needles and pricks does is hurt people. They stick into you. See? And this is what usually happens in life when we don't care for ourselves based on the Word of God. When we don't be obedient to the Word of God, we're easily to offend others and say things about others and talk about others and backbat others say we're hurting people because we're broken down say we're not taking care of this life say if we build this life if we take care of this life based on the word of God we'll be a fruitful vine Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Here is my Father that you do what? Bear much fruit. But if you don't take care of the vine, if you don't take care of the vineyard, it's going to be tore down. It's going to be no good. See? So you can't procrastinate here. Amen. You've got to labor. You've got to work to keep things up. You have to be not procrastinate if you expect to keep the temple. What happened to Eli? Hello? You remember what happened to Eli? He let the light go out in the temple. And his job as the priest was to make sure that the lights never went out of the temple. Paul says, you are the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you. You're not your own. Eli was responsible for what was God's. 
You're not your own. You belong to God. See? And so as a result, you are the priest of this temple. Amen. And it's your responsibility to keep the light burning. You are the light of the world. A city set on the hill, Jesus said, that cannot be hidden. He expects you in this earth to shine so that men will see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. He does not expect you to be slumbering and sleeping and being lazy and unkempt and all this stuff. He expects you to be what He is, His image in this earth, amen, to represent Him. It's your responsibility to keep the wall up. It's your res- what do you think Nehemiah was so broken when he found out the wall? thing he did when he went back. He didn't think about building the building. His first, because if the wall is broken down, then the enemy can either keep the wall built up. Because if the enemy of your soul, he has a hard time penetrating to get to you, to get to your soul. So therefore, you have to prepare yourself. You've got to keep the wall built. Amen. It's time to build the house of God. That's why Haggai said, the Lord says, hey, get up to the woods and get some wood and build the wall. Build the house. It's time to build it. Amen. Make this thing fortified. Make it proof. Make it beautiful. Amen. It's what God wants out of you and I, so that the world will see Him through you. Amen. But if you lay back, sleep, slumbering, not doing anything, who's going to see that? Who's going to believe you when you try to tell them about Jesus? Look at the apostles. What happened in Acts 4? They took notice of those guys. They had been with Jesus. They knew. And they're unlearned. These guys ain't been to school. They, don't. They, they just concluded they've been with Jesus. So the more time you spend with Jesus, look at Moses when he came down off the mountain after 40 days. The people couldn't even look at him. He was shining so bright. Because they couldn't look at him because of the glory of God was upon him. Think about what would happen to us if we got in the presence of God for 40 days. Amen. And 40 nights. And people, when you come in the presence of people, people should automatically know whose you are. They should automatically say, there's something different about you. There's something, I'm trying to figure out. And, they, and usually what they want up saying, are you a Christian? Usually they had made a, never took a step in the church. But they may say, are you a Christian? And they observe you. Have you ever heard people come to you and say, I've been observing you. Where do you go to church at? See, that means your light is shining. You don't have to walk around beating a drum. Hey, I'm a Christian. I mean, curse around me. I'm a Christian. I don't want that. You know, no, just live your light and watch and see. Don't they recognize something different by your conduct, by your character, by your actions? All will make a difference. Let it shine. Don't procrastinate. Amen. And your work. Amen. Build this temple. Don't put off tomorrow. Purpose in your heart every day. Amen. I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to live for God with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength because I want to represent Him. Amen. I want to thank Him. As the psalm says, I will pay my vows. Where? In the sanctuary. Amen. Every promise I made to God, I'm going to pay it in the sanctuary, in the congregation of the righteous. Because the ungodly shall not stand. In the congregation with the righteous, nor sinners. You see, the Lord knows the ways of the righteous. Read Psalms 1. Amen. He knows the ways of the righteous. But the way of the ungodly is going to perish. Amen. So you cannot procrastinate in this thing. Don't put off. Don't slumber. Notice Ecclesiastes 10, 18. By much slothfulness, the building decay. And through idleness of the hands, the house dropped through. Amen. Roof just fall in. You lean to come down. <laughs> you know, 
You got to keep your house up. Isn't it amazing? You know, you can stay in a house. People can live in a house. I, it, it, I, I don't know why. I When I was in the South, I mean, people lived in houses that looked like it's going to fall down. Look like at any moment the storm will come through it and it's going to blow down. But as long as somebody's in that house and living there, it holds up. But it seemed like as soon as they move out, it just goes, fall down. Our church in Germany was one of Hitler's officers club. And I mean, and as long as we was in that place, I mean, it stayed. But as soon as they did. And then they had to come in and begin money in it and pull money in it to try to build it back up to get it right. As long as you stay in the house. And as long as you, it's going to hold up. As long as you toss, <laughs> it's going to hold up. Hear me. Amen. You might have a few pains, but it's going to hold up. You might have things coming against you, but it's going to hold up. Amen. So that's the key. Amen. As long as you're not slumbering and sleeping, it's going to hold. The anchor hole in spite of the storm. Amen. It, it, I'm with you, Jesus says. Amen. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. So just hang in there and, and watch and see what do you do. Amen. The old song says, something beautiful, something good. All my confusions, Jesus understood. All I had to offer him was brokenness and strife. But he made something beautiful out of my life. Amen. Think about where he brought you from. Where he's taking you to. Hey, work this thing. The more you add his word to your life, it's what's going to happen. So don't procrastinate. Amen. Think about the consequences. If I just when you look at this parable, Jesus gives one, five, one, three. I meant two and one, one. And the one with the one didn't do anything. See? And when he came back, what did he tell Straw and I knew you reap where you didn't sow. And, you know, he says, I knew you was a hard man. And notice what his Lord said. Well, why didn't you do something with it? Why didn't you take it to the bank? He says, you knew. It's not like you didn't know. You know, and he did nothing with what he was given. See? Paul says in Romans 12, 3, God has what? Dealt to every man a measure of faith. See? So what are you doing with your measure? <laughs> I just heard with the kids Sunday, what are you doing with your tools? You know, God has dealt to every man a measure. So God says, what do, you, do something with it. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Second Peter one five says what? Add to your faith. Amen. Virtue. Virtue knowledge. Knowledge temperance. Temperance patience. Patience godliness. Godliness brotherly kindness. Brotherly kindness charity. If these things be in you and abound, they make that you should not be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But he that liketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off. And has already forgot he was purged from his old sin. He said, Where will for the rather, brethren, given your calling and election sure? For if you do these things, you're never going to fall. So, if, you, if God just gave you a little bit of faith, Sister Vicki, add to it and watch it grow. Watch it move forward. That's, what, that's all you got to do is you study God's Word because faith comes by hearing the Word of God. And the more you church, the more you worship God, the more you love God, it's going to grow. Amen. You should have an attitude like Peter. Get out the boat. Try walking on the water. It'll increase your faith. Amen. I'm trying to get there in the winter. They keep trying to get me to go ice fishing. I'm about to get there. But I ain't got there yet. (laughs) I'll build my faith over here for to start with. But maybe one of these days I'll get out. 
But think about it. But you have to think about the consequences. See, this guy didn't think about the consequences. He knew, but he didn't do anything. Let me ask you a question. When's the last time you considered eternity lately? <laughs> When's the last time you considered eternity? You know? You should be thinking about it every day. <laughs> you know, you think about it to keep you on track. <laughs> you know, we have to think about it every day. I'm going to a better place. Because in this life only, I have hope in Christ, I'm going to be miserable. Right? We talked about that last week. I'm looking to see him. Amen. I'm looking to dance on streets of gold. I'm looking to see Jesus. Amen. I want to be like those four lepers in Second Kings chapter 7. You know, they're outcasts. They're on the outside. Everybody else is inside having trouble. You know, they got trouble out here, but they got trouble inside. And what did four lepers say? They came in together. They said, man, what in the world are we going to sit here until we die for? They says, if we go in the village, anything there, we're going to die. We go to the Syrians, the only thing they can do is what? Kill us or get beat us. So when they made a decision to do something, God moved on their behalf. See? So I wonder, what is God waiting on us to make some moves? So he can do something on your behalf. Amen. Go forth, Moses. The Red Sea depart. They walk on dry ground. You know, think about it. His word is there for us. I've given you exceeding precious promises. I won't leave you. I'm as close as the mention of my name. Call on me in the day of trouble. I will hear you. Just think about the consequences. You know, thinking about the consequences... For not doing something should cause us to think of and do something. <laughs> if you think about it, if I know I'm doing wrong and I'm going to hell for doing wrong, think I might want to do right <laughs> so I can go to heaven. Think about it. It should cause me to do something, thinking about the consequences. Amen. Don't sit there and do nothing. Why are we going to sit here until you die? And then think, well, I wonder if I'm going to make it. No, I know I'm going to make it. That's how much confidence I have. And that should be your attitude. I'm going to make it. There was a song that said, just as long as me and Jesus stay friends, I'm going to make it. Amen. And that's, that's the attitude you got to have. I'm going to make it. I'm not going to sit here until I'm dying, you know. How many times do you hear people on the deathbed? People, oh, he gave his life to God on the deathbed. I ain't taking that chance. You know, I'm doing everything I can to know when I hit the deathbed, I'm still ready. I'm going to be like that guy over there in, Sean, in, in uh, Sheborgan. Don't pray for me for healing. I'm going to see Jesus. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Carl is his name. Was his name? Carl says, "Man, no, don't pray for me for healing. I'm going to see Jesus. I'm living for the Lord. I've been living for the Lord. I'm going to see it. Man, what an awesome testimony. Amen. Oh, Pastor, don't pray for me, Bishop. I'm going to see Jesus. Tell him what. Tell these nurses. Call. He says, "When the dry eye in the place." And then he would say to him, man, I'm going to see Jesus today. My goodness. Amen. And that should be our attitude. Jesus says, don't build your house upon the sand, but build it on the rock. Amen. And so, therefore, you'll be able to such a building falling down. Amen. <laughs> but you watch people in the world today, you can get a whole lot of, a whole lot of wisdom and instructions. The people on the coast, they keep building on the sand. Here comes the storm. Here comes the wave. There goes the house. You know, and they could build it again. There it goes again. You know, come on. I, you don't take a rocket scientist to realize I need to get on something solid. You know, 
if my life is turned upside down, it don't take me long to realize I might be too far from the Lord. Yeah, I need to get closer. Amen. Learn from successful people. Amen. Not to be lazy. You don't become successful being lazy. Amen. You, you, you've got to think about doing things. You know, making better. Making things better. You know, where you are. We talked a little bit about this last, last week. You know, you should be diligent on your jobs. You should be the best to make it better. Always look for ways to improve things, you know. Do you know if you are if you show a great initiative on your job where you are, and even if you got fired, you know what? You still have a good attitude because you know in your own self that you have a, did what God has asked you to do. And he'll open doors for you even better. You should be motivated so much about what you're doing to make it better, you know. What I have found in study and, and stuff is when people get laid off from jobs and stuff, you know, usually the people that has shown an, an interest in that company and has, has showed themselves faithful and has made improvements, they're some of the last ones to get to go, you know. It, it, that's, that's what I have found in, in people and in, in companies and stuff. You know, I, I know got a good dear friend. A lot of people have been laid off on his job, and he's still there, you know, because he's always faithful. You know, he does things. He doesn't wait for them to, to, to twist his arm to do stuff. He takes the initiative. Amen. To make things better. He sees things in advance and, and takes action to make it better. That's what you want to do. You know, I can remember when I was in the Army, you know, and I used to sit on promotion boards, not only to select guys for promotion, but to put people out of the Army, you know, called a qualitative, qualitative management program. And usually the last couple of days, I mean, thousands and thousands of records of, of folks that had been in the Army and had not been promoted and stuff and you we look at it to see if they should remain in the army and if they didn't show records didn't show anything that they had did anything to try to advance their careers or any great things towards for the army usually we put them out you know because if you are showing the initiative to make things better usually somebody's going to annotate that on one of your reports, you know, and and you don't usually get put out from stuff like that. If you just nothing good, need improvement here, you know, because the Army's evaluations have had need improvement, success, and promote, you know. And so if a guy had a lot of need improvements, yep, send him to the house, you know. And so, but we we got to be diligent. Look at successful people. How many times you've read stories about or heard stories about people being successful? You know, learn from them. Talk to them. Read about them. You know, I, I've heard people talk about Dave Ramsey, some of his stuff. You know, what he did. You know, can you learn from it? Really, Dave Ramsey, all he's doing is just using Bible principles. That's all he's doing. Just, that's all he did is just took Bible principles and put them, put them to work. And as a result, you know, a lot of people do that. You know, and so you, you, to learn from people that's been successful. You know, the best person to learn from, Jesus. <laughs> that's the best guy to learn from. He, he says, "Okay, I'm gonna give you a whole book." <laughs> Just follow it and you'll be successful. Ain't that what he told Joshua? That's what he told Joshua. He said, look, Joshua. He says, you never let this depart from your mouth. You meditate in it. So you're going to be successful. And look at Joshua's success. You know, what he did. Look at David's success. Amen. 
you can be successful too. All you've got to do is do what it says. Don't slumber. Don't sleep. Amen. Don't fold the hands to sleep. Amen. Because it would be like somebody's always gone. You ever, you ever went by somebody's house that's always gone? It's all grown up with thorns and weeds is everywhere. You know? You have to get a goat and put around the house when they come back to clean it out. That's what usually happens when they're gone all the time. A robber come in, take everything, they don't even know it. Amen. So, but you've got to be diligent. We can't be lazy. Call it laziness, sloppiness, ineptitude, idleness, or whatever you like, but the idea of doing nothing when things need to be done is often considered to be a sign of weakness and shirking. Weakness. Notice, laziness is already associated with weakness. Amen. Sometimes laziness happens when you don't want to face something, like a boring chore or difficult confrontation with someone. People are lazy. They, they don't even have confrontations. Some confrontations are good. Amen. Think about it. Oftentimes, it might be because you feel overwhelmed and think the task needs a whole team rather than just you. And then there are those times when you just can't be bothered. That happens. In any case, it's simply not a desirable trait for a Christian. Jesus says, so likewise ye, when you have done all those things which are commanded of you, say we are unprofitable servants, we have done that which was our duty to do. Therefore, we must not be slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Amen. They've gone before us, so let's go after those same promises. Amen. Praise God. So... Overcoming lazy. Next month we will be talking about overcoming temptation. Papers are up here. Make sure you get your copy before you leave tonight to put in your folders. Amen. And